Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The theme of this show is uh, very simple. The content of this show will be very simple. Get out and vote, 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 get out and vote. Get out and vote, get out. I could do this for two hours. I am uh I am growing a bit dismayed. I am actually growing a little bit concerned. I really am. I don't know. All these warning signs, all these things that those political geeks, you know, they've been wrong so many times. They're always wrong, actually. It seems like it. Are they? I have dismissed that political chattering class ever since Donald Trump came down that escalator. And for a year and a half, they told us there was no chance, no chance that this guy could win. No chance, right? How could we ever listen to them again? All right. So they had lost all credibility. However, at the same time, at the same time, I'm just looking at numbers. I'm looking at the data. All right. And I'm seeing that our side is not getting out, not getting out like it should be. Now, there's a lot of things stacked against us. All right. The system, the rich people, the powerful, they their concerns are not our concerns. And they have rigged this thing in so many ways. One of the most obvious, cynical ways, moving the stupid primaries to August instead of September or having them on the last day of school. That's how they can pick the ones they want. They don't want people. They don't want the, the us horrible slobs butting into their plan. All right. They want us checked out. They want us high. And they also want to freak us out all over again about Trump. I know I, I, I know some people who love Trump. Somebody loves Trump so much. Like and they were like, well, why? Why did he have all those classified documents? I, 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 don't, I don't know about that. It's, well, why would he do that? It shouldn't be at a secure facility. Well, you see, they're noxious lies. They're uh, they're actually they're actually presenting doubt in in some people's hearts. All right, you got to get rid of it. You got to fight it every time their mouths are moving. They are lying. Hey, oh by the way, the, uh, Mar-a-Lago is a secure compound. I keep saying, I keep hearing like, you know, oh, I hate talking about the damn National Archives and affidavits and warrants and redactions. And some federal corrupt magistrate in South Florida. It's just like Russia Gate all over again. It's the same damn thing talking about Malta and Michael Cohen and his stupid passport and uh, the Czech Republic and uh, Eric Prince and uh, some email and some Rob Goldstone. It was all a joke. It was all a sham. But in some ways it worked because, well, it tripped up the Trump presidency in big ways and small. It really did. They were out to sabotage it. Now they're out to sabotage, I think, the midterms. I think any chance of Trump coming back. By the way, if we do not clean up these mid, you know who should be out here talking like this? Mitch McConnell. 
Uh, he's too busy behind closed doors, even though I, I'm telling everybody, well, these, these candidates, I didn't pick them. You know, Trump picked them, and uh, if we lose, it'll be Trump's fault. Go to hell, you turtle. Terrible guy. Swamp turtle. Who the hell is the leader of the damn party if it's not Trump, right? Well, who do we got? Who's out there? Hey, one guy we got is Matt Gates. He was on my show the other night. Man, newly, well, he didn't have to be exonerated because he was never, you know, they never really implicated him, but they tried to create all kinds of doubt. He's amazing. That guy, um, he's beating the drum. He said the whole damn government has been weaponized against us. And you know what? He's right. He is right. Uh, the stakes are so high, these midterms, all right? Because if we don't take back, could you believe it? Could you believe a scenario if we sane people, if the Democrats were allowed to stay in charge of the House, if they were actually, huh? What would that say about, what would that say about America? Say it's fundamentally changed. It would also mean that Donald Trump is, and I love the guy and I want him to come back, but it would mean maybe that he's finished. All right. So this is a very, very serious election. And we got to <laughs> we can't just sit back and watch TV and wait for something to happen. All right. And, oh, yeah, we're going to vote. No, we got to get our friends to vote. We got to give money. You got to give 20 bucks to Lee Zeldin. Go do it. Well, I don't want to say specific candidates because they get all freaked out when I do that. And I'm not endorsing any particular candidate. But if you want New York to change or no, wait, I take that back. If you're comfortable with New York. If you like what's happening here, hmm? just uh, just chill out, okay? Yeah, you're getting what you want. You like these results? Fantastic. One party system, okay? One party system. Russia, <laughs> Iraq. What was the name of the Iraq? They had the didn't they had the weirdest name for the they had the bathtub party in Iraq? Did you know that they called it the bathtub party? Weird. Saddam Hussein, strange guy. Although you know what. Strange guy, bad guy, murderous thug. But uh, I don't think we should have blown up the Middle East to get him out of power. <laughs> okay? There are lots of murderous thugs over there. Lots of murderous thugs. It's like you don't like your next-door neighbor. You want them evicted. You want them out. So instead of calling the cops, uh, you set a fire and burn down the entire neighborhood. <laughs> uh, that's That's what we did in Iraq. Anyway, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Bush, thanks a lot, Cheney, and Liz Cheney. <laughs> Did you see her? Liz is, uh, I forget about her for a while. Uh, what else? Did you see my show last night? It was awesome. We started with the um, a student debt relief package, and we had Joe Biden explain the whole thing for us. Ready? Cut 20. Cut 20. My campaign for president, I made a commitment. I made a commitment that would provide student debt relief. Our approach is why America's economic recovery, economic recovery, and we're going to have people who are there to help get you, help, help direct you and work you, work you through the process. Huh? <laughs> well, that's a bad idea to have him explain it. $10,000 debt forgiveness for families making under $250,000, individuals $125,000 could cost about a trillion dollars. One trillion dollars. This is a lot. It's a bribe. Uh, these young people, apparently they're not as solidly Democrat as they want them to be. Hey, who is going to pay for it? Seriously. Come on, White House. You got to answer this question for us. So 
the question was put to Corinne Jean-Pierre. I think we have this all ready to go. Uh, who's going to pay for this, babe? Let me know. Go ahead. For that. And that, again, here's what we have done. Here's what here's a lot about how much it might cause, it might not cause. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is the, the work that this administration has done, the work that the Democrats in Congress has done, is actually there. And you see that the $1.7 trillion uh, deficit, in deficit uh, deduction that you see is, is going to benefit us in being able to do something for the middle class, to do something do. for the middle class. This is about doing something for people who make less than $125,000, $1.7 trillion. That's what we've been able to do. But when you forgive debt, you're not just disappearing debt. So but, who is paying for but, this? And then I'll give you the second part. We lifted the pause, right? We're going to lift the pause uh, at the end of this year, which is going to matter, right? Which is going to offset uh, a lot of what, what we're doing as well. Uh, when you think about the, the $4 billion that are going, that's going to go back uh, into as, as revenue back into uh, this process of folks uh, paying paying right their college tuition that matters as well so we are doing this in a smart way we're doing this in a way that's going to be effective uh, we're doing in this a way that keeps to the president's promise on giving people who need some breathing room who needs the breathing room I just I just laid out I just laid out for you. No, Peter, I just laid out for you how we're seeing this process and why this matters. Again, I just laid out I just I just laid out because of the work that we have done. What? <laughs> hey, good job, Peter Ducey. Peter Ducey, the new Sam Donaldson, except he's smart and he's not liberal like Sam Donaldson. Pretty simple question. Who's gonna pay for it? I just laid it out for you because of the work we've been no you help. Gosh, he's terrible, terrible. Who the hell is going to pay for it? And you know what? There are a lot of folks, even people, you'd be surprised. There are people on the left who are like, uh, this makes no fiscal sense. Obama's chief guy says they're throwing gasoline on the inflation fire. Words to that effect. Washington Post said this is careless and reckless. This is, uh, uh, how's this all going to work out? And also, all does Joe Biden have the uh, authority to spend a trillion dollars of our money just because, what, Susan Rice told him to do it? Why is he doing this? What is the sound reason? It's it's harmful, by the way, for the people it's supposed to help, right? That's what Generation Z needs, less responsibility. How about all the people who are paying for these degrees, right? There are a lot of people who don't go to college. In fact, more people don't go to college than go to college. If I had to do it over again, well, I'm glad I went to college. My parents, I remember, boy, oh, boy. No financial aid. They had to pay it up. They had to come. They, uh, and that's a regret of mine. I wish, I wish that I studied harder in college. I really do. I, I appreciate my parents so much. My dad, my mom. It wasn't easy, but they pulled it off. Very expensive. I went to a private school, Fordham. Not bad, but you know, anyway, I just, and I should have broken my rear end there studying. You imagine that? What do we pay uh, all this money for so kids can go off and uh, experiment with beer or worse? I don't know. I don't know. College. I didn't thrive in college. No way. Too much time. You go from basically it's more it's more regimented than prison high school. You know, first period, second period, third period, fourth period, 30 minutes off, fifth period, sixth period, study hall, seventh period, everything. And then. 
Hey, you got a class on Monday, then you got a class on Tuesday afternoon, no classes Wednesday, two classes on Thursday. I mean, what? It's way too much time for an 18-year-old, some 17. I personally could not handle it. That was the big thing. What do I do now? What am I supposed to do now? I've got 36 hours before my last class. Well, you read the assignment. What? <laughs> All right, I'll read it tomorrow. What am I going to do now? Anyway, it was not good for me. So um, uh, where was this thing? Oh, yeah, Nancy Pelosi just a couple of months ago said Joe Biden does not have the authority to do this. $300 trillion. No, $300 billion, But most are putting it at about $600 billion. Some even estimate it could be a trillion dollars. Nancy says Joe can't do this. At least she did back in April. Cut 21. That the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone, he can delay, but he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. Uh, an act of Congress kind of makes sense. The people have to approve this kind of expenditure. But Joe has uh, rigged it somehow. He's going to tie this to an emergency COVID executive action. It's way too much authority, way too much authority. Sure, a president can start a nuclear war, but they can't go around forgiving debt like this. I think it's a problem. Oh, and Joe being Joe, he tried to make yesterday's event all about him. And I think I caught him in yet another big whopper of a lie. Do we have time? Uh, yeah. All right. Good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, cut 22, please. This is Joe uh, again making a uh, public event about himself. Cut 22. And I remember my senior year, I got into uh, one of the little liveys and I got into a number of schools and. We're trying to get the money, even with financial assistance, to be able to go there. What little Ivy did he get into? What little Ivy? I never heard that before. He barely got into Delaware College, the College of Delaware. That's where he went. He had bad grades. He got bad grades at College uh, of Delaware. And he got even worse grades at uh, the university, Syracuse University Law School. What little Ivy did he get into? I look for it. There's no evidence that he got into any little Ivy. And what is a little Ivy? Well, you got the big Ivies. You got Harvard, Princeton, Yale, uh, Dartmouth, Cornell, University of Pennsylvania, one or two others. And then you got uh, the little, I guess, the little ones like Vassar. Vassar's the sister of Yale. It's this whole crazy game that people are obsessed with when they're up from a certain economic branch and uh they're 18 years old or 45 years old and they freak out about their one of the greatest presidents we ever had did not go to an ivy league school uh some of my favorite presidents didn't go to ivy league schools let's see reagan you know where reagan went a place called eureka college what yeah there's actually a place called eureka college um truman went to uh like upstairs law school in nowheresville he actually didn't go to college. He just went to a law school correspondence course. Uh, Lincoln, did he go to a college? I don't think he went to a college at all. He studied the, they gave him law books at some office and said, here, read this. Uh, George W. Bush, worst president ever. One of them went to Yale. How did he get in there? Um, Trump went to Penn. He went to the Wharton School at Penn. And uh, the going to the Wharton School is kind of special. Although he transferred from Fordham, 
Anyway, look, good for him, but it doesn't matter. It's not about what you were doing between the ages of 18 and 22. Joe's tall tale gets worse in a moment. We'll be right back. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, ever been on a diet and then something comes across your uh, way and diet goes out the window and then the whole damn day goes out the window, right? What happened today? My wife uh, bought a cookbook a couple of months ago, and she makes uh, banana bread muffins, and they are amazing. And while she wasn't looking, I had three. Uh, they're primarily for the babies, but uh, and there goes the day. So I'm helping myself to a great big bowl of Fruity Pebbles cereal. We have Fruity Pebbles, a canister of Fruity Pebbles. Who the hell buys Fruity Pebbles by the canister? I guess it's it's wonderful. Uh, uh, you know who does? A, a, a grocery store magnate like John Katsimatidis. John, thank you for the Fruity Pebbles and for everything else. Um, really, that guy is, uh, is amazing. So generous uh, to New York. Done so much for this city, this state, his country. And there's some stuff that um, I don't think he can talk about, actually, because, uh, well, I just... Room, I, I have a feeling he did things for the national government um, of America. You know, people help in all kinds of ways, and I'll leave it at that. All right? Um, yeah. All right. What else is going on? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll get back to Biden lying his face off there in a moment. But first, Matt in Long Island. Yes, Matt. Hey, Greg. How are you? You started off the show by saying that there's not a lot of enthusiasm about Republicans. And I got to agree. I want to vote Republican, but they have no plan. They have no vision. The only one that has that is the orange guy that sends out the mean tweets who's running again. And student loans is the perfect opportunity for them to point out how in 2005, Joe Biden, after being bribed and pocket-lined by the servicers of the student loans, as well as credit card companies, passed legislation so that they can no longer be discharged in bankruptcy, Hunter Biden conveniently got a job afterwards, I think, with MBNA in Delaware. And what Republicans need to do is say, hey, we need to bring back bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is a capitalistic mechanism for people who are in bad debt to get out of that debt. It doesn't impact the whole country, and it's not another handout that gets votes for Democrats. All right, wait a second. Bankruptcy, uh, um, hey, you know, uh, sometimes I get frustrated uh, with voters. Yes, with the people. It's like, give us a new shiny toy to talk about. Give us something interesting. Are you kidding me? How about the United States of America? How about maintaining a country, maintaining freedom, uh, <laughs> freedom of speech, no censorship, not losing wars, not getting into unnecessary wars, having a border? If this stuff isn't firing people up, I understand. Nobody's like Trump. Nobody will ever be like Trump. Um. Maybe they are lackluster, uh, most of these guys. Oh, little Mitch McConnell. Uh, but, you know, there comes a time where a citizen's got to stand up and do the right thing. 
and um, you know the, the Republicans have got to be cheerleaders or whatever the hell it is. Look, they're they are what they are. The current crop of them is not so hot. Some standouts, but not so hot. Some great guys, but not so hot. America for a long time has been great. I just I don't feel like we can uh, turn our backs on the country just because these uh, these guys are not. Um, you know, the most engaging people out there. What does bankruptcy have to do with anything? I'm sorry. I haven't filed yet. Is it, is that off the table? Did they get rid of that? No, they didn't. There's still bankruptcy court. You, you, you can't go bankrupt for a student loan or a credit card, Greg. Biden passed the law in 2005 when he was in the Senate. You can't go bankrupt for a student loan or a, uh, and you say you should. All right. Hey, sounds good to me. But you can go. I would, Greg, I, I would look into that whole entire thing because you, you'll notice it's, it's, it's a lot more uh, complicated with his involvement and with Hunter Biden than you're making it sound. That I'm making it sound. Look, I know the guy's dirty. I think he's owned by China. Are you kidding me? I think the guy is corrupt. And I know about MBNA. I know that he had that job in Delaware. Joe Biden is a pay-to-play guy. Everybody knows that. Uh, Delaware, why do you think all these corporations get their um, little LLCs or whatever they're called registered in Delaware? I think Joe just stood by and watched that happen, just like you said, or just like Curtis says, wine dined and pocket lined. All right, so let me get this straight, just to review. For me, thanks, Matt, for your patience. Um, It looks like they declared when Joe Biden was a senator in 2005 that you cannot declare bankruptcy on student loans or credit card debt. And, yeah, that would be the uh, credit card capital of the universe, Delaware. Interesting. I will check it out. Oh, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, this guy um, lying, lying, lying and making up told tales. Maybe this is, excuse me, the galvanizing issue. Maybe it is. The truck, dri- truck drivers to uh, billionaires, this does not sit well with them. Giveaways like this. Lack of responsibility. This is not America. A lot of things that happen in lately, though, ain't America. And they seem to be, I don't know. I just don't know. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I only eat it twice a year, maybe. But cereal is really, really awesome. What a great invention, cereal. It's been around for about, not that long, actually, 120 years. Human beings have not been eating cereal all that long. We're very, very grateful for the invention. Um, gosh, I saw a terrible, heartbreaking scene in the Bronx. A uh, number of elderly people complaining about violence in their neighborhood. And um, about uh, kids are you know, setting fires and assaulting them and just doing all kinds of awful things. In the middle of the day, and these these great people, they're just kind of baffled and bewildered, and like, oh my God, where's why is this happening, and where are the police? This this is what it's all led to. This is the it's finally all that fun that Black Lives Matter and Amazon and in the NFL we're having all that taking a knee crap. <laughs> you had fun. You sold your products. You sold your T-shirts. You felt good about yourselves. This is its legacy. A bunch of senior citizens, primarily, oh, by the way, people of color and younger people uh, engulfed in crime in a low-income neighborhood. That's what it. Uh, that's what it's led to. Was it worth it? Was it worth it, MSNBC? 
I see one of their big cheerleaders of the whole thing is on television right now talking about abortion. Now she's on to her next thing. Now we can talk about abortion. Oh, yeah, no. In the aftermath, they're dealing with the stuff that you were laying down, the stuff that you sold. Mayor's endorsement didn't pan out that well. Who the hell did he? Never mind. I'm going to skip that. Uh, oh, back to Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, telling lies. I told you about the Ivy League school. And here he is making stuff up about what his dad said. So he goes to his dad one day. And the the first thing he says is, I can't. I don't have enough money to send you to college. Listen to how he says it. Cut 24. I ran in and the woman whose name was Mary who ran the place. I said, Mary, where's dad? She said, he's out in the lane going into the, in the repair shop. Give him my word, true story. And my dad was a well-dressed, refined fellow. And I walked out, and my dad was pacing back and forth between the big garage door going into the into the uh, repair shop and, and the door going out of the showroom. And he looked up. He said, oh, Joey, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I thought, God, something happened. I said, I went to Charlie and asked to borrow the money. He said... He won't lend it to me. He said, I'm so ashamed. I'm so damn ashamed. The weirdest part of that story is Joe Biden's father calling him honey. Do you hear that? I mean, I don't think my dad ever called me honey. He's a real affectionate guy. You know, I'm not saying he was like the great Santini. I mean, he was honey. Joe Biden Sr. calling Joe Biden Jr. honey. I'm so damned ashamed. According to Joe, the moment uh, Joe Biden Sr. ever like anything bad happened to him. He ran to Joe Biden and told him all about it. Lost his job, went right upstairs to tell Joe Biden, I lost my job. It's just this junk that he's been repeating all over because some political consultant told him in 1970 that uh, try to relate to people by talking about your father. And so ever since then, he's taking that 50-year-old advice and um, he's trapped. He's trapped in, in 1970. This stuff used to work. It doesn't work anymore. Listen to this. We cut it all together. Somebody did. Every time Joe Biden talks about his dad, and you tell me, you think this is accurate? You think this is authentic? Cut 25. My dad just said, you know, we just ought to give people ability just to able to take a deep breath. And then he say, Joey, a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. And he used to have an expression. He'd say, you got to know how to know. you got to know how to know. Silence, as my dad would remind me, silence is complicity. <laughs> uh, you know, my dad's another expression. The only way to deal with the abuse of power is with power. Well, my, my dad had an expression. He said, Joey, it's not a question of succeeding whether you get knocked down. It's how quickly you get up. And, uh, and he say, never explain and never complain. My dad used to have an expression. He said, it's a lucky person, gets up in the morning, puts both feet in the floor, knows what they're about to do, and thinks it still matters. My dad had an expression. He said, the only conflict worse than one that's intended is one that's unintended. You know, my dad had an expression. He used to say, you know your success as a parent when you turn and look at your child and realize they turned out better than you. My dad used to have an expression. He used to say, everyone's entitled to be treated with dignity. He used to say, Joey, I don't expect the government to solve my problems, but I sure in hell expect them to understand them. <laughs> Did he say any of that stuff? Did Joe Biden Sr., that natty guy in the suit, ever say, what was it again? Um, uh, silence is complicity. Has anybody in the world, like conversationally, ever said that? 
what's the other slogan, the nifty little slogan he had? Um, everybody needs to be treated with dignity. Is that a slogan? I don't think he uh, – the only thing worse than conflict is unintended conflict. Yeah, I don't think uh, Joe Biden Sr. said any of that crap, okay? I also don't believe this story about uh, him getting into a little Ivy League school and uh, meeting at the dealership. I, I don't believe any of it. I think, actually, Joe Biden Sr. was a, probably a bad guy, just like Joe. How do, why do I say such a thing? Well, I found a picture of Joe Biden with his dad walking around some state fair, picnic, whatever it was. And you know what he's got? I'm Joe Joe Biden, he's wearing, they're both wearing Joe Biden hats. It says Joe Biden on their hat and it says it on their, they're they're wearing Joe Biden shirts and it's a pin, uh, Joe Biden. And they got hats on that say just their first name, Joe. Joe. Have you ever in your life, you know, uh, Donald Trump, you make America great again. Joe Biden, his hat says Joe. Tells you where his priorities are. Isn't that interesting? Seriously, you can look it up. This picture exists. It's weird. And he's not some, he wasn't some down on his luck guy. You heard him actually in the earlier thing. He said uh, he was always really well dressed. You know, he lived in Garden City for a while. Garden City's my hometown, Long Island. Moved there in second grade, graduated high school there. It's one of the most beautiful towns in the country. It's probably uh, one of the wealthiest towns. It is. Joe Biden lived there. He did. He did. You know what he was doing there? His dad owned an airport. His dad owned an airport. But because it works and because the people go for it, you know, he has no respect. He just tells all these lies because these schmucks out there who vote for you will will believe in anything. Right, Joe? Right? Hmm. That was good. That was good. All right. So now that we got to what, what are we looking at here? Oh, yeah. Desperately, desperately trying to go back to uh the Mar-a-Lago raid, I'm sick of hearing about redactions and magistrates. The whole damn thing is a scam. Hey, do you remember de Blasio, who I hear just got a job uh, at Harvard? Not really a job. It's more of a, I don't know what it is. What's a fellowship? It's not a job. It's uh, it's an affiliation of some kind. I don't think he's going to be teaching classes. Everybody knew that de Blasio was a horrible mayor. Horrible. So how did he get reelected with 66% of the vote? Hmm? How does that happen? Well, people staying home, rich people, connected people, still writing checks to Bill de Blasio because they, unlike us, they don't care about ideas. They care about just, you know, what's good for them. Here's Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper on Bill de Blasio's last day in office. These are two liberals, two Democrats. And they're even acknowledging what a horrible guy he is. Cut 28. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Oh, don't go on a rant. Do his don't go on a rant. victory lap dance. Don't, don't, don't. After four years <laughs> of the, the crappiest term as the mayor of New York, the That's only thing that Democrats and Republicans can That's agree how, on I mean, is what how, a horrible mayor he has he, been. So, sayonara, sucker. (laughs) All right. But did he become a, I, I, yeah, I'm totally down with you, uh, Andy, and on this one. But, but, but that didn't just happen overnight that, you know, de Blasio was the worst mayor in the world. We all saw it coming. And yet it's like, it's like a one party town. It really is. Just like Russia. 
didn't matter how bad you were, as long as you were a communist uh, and member of the Communist Party, you were going to be okay. As long as you're a Democrat, you're going to be okay. Is that the kind of world you want to live in? That's not the kind of world I want to live in. Ah, more and more I think about it, I am going to have to run for mayor. What the hell, huh? What the hell? Really, what the hell? You know that junk they always say, well, I'm doing it for my children. You know what? I don't think that's so junky right now for me. <laughs> I really don't. Do I want to keep my head down and go along with this mob? Or uh, do I want to stand up? Do I want to stand up? Maybe it's me. Maybe. Maybe it's me. Hey, here's something interesting. Huh? New York's highest court to hear Harvey Weinstein appeal. Uh, New York's highest court has agreed to hear an appeal from Harvey Weinstein over his 2020 rape conviction. A spokesman for the Court of Appeals said Wednesday that oral arguments would likely be held sometime next year after the decision to hear the case. I didn't know about this. Weinstein was convicted in February of 2020. I knew about that. Uh, he's in California right now awaiting another trial. In June, an intermediate-level appeals court in New York upheld the conviction, rejecting the former movie mogul's claim that the trial judge unfairly led in testimony about accusations outside the case. Weinstein's publicist, he still has a publicist, uh, Judah Engelmeyer said, we are hopeful and grateful for this rare opportunity. Hmm. What does that mean when they agree to hear her case? I think it means that they think that there's some merit to his... Uh, his concerns. How about that? Is it possible everybody was wrong about Harvey Weinstein? Could that be? Um, I don't know. You know, he had lots of friends in high places who apparently knew that he was kind of creepy for a long time. Barack Obama. Did you know that his daughters had an internship with uh, the Weinstein Company, like, the month before he got arrested, I mean, the month before this whole thing went down, they were always hanging around, and, and, and Oprah and the rest. I heard rumors about this guy over the years, but um, that's about it. I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, Biden is saying F you to every financial responsible person in the country right now. It's just incredible. Wow. That's from Robbie Sove. He's a big deal on the Internet. How do you guys feel? Seriously, is this uh, Joe in B Branford, Connecticut? Hi. Hey, Greg. Uh, uh, Honor to talk to you, and thank you for your service to this country. Um, I'm calling about this loan forgiveness BS. It's it's three hundred billion dollars costing the taxpayer. Pelosi basically says a year ago that he doesn't have the authority to do it. He does it. And you hear nothing more other than the conservative talk show saying he shouldn't be able to do this. Where is McConnell? Where is the House? I mean, our Republican leadership is fractured, and it's, it's scary. It's scaring me that come November, these guys are going to blow it for us, honestly. You know, your concerns are well-founded. They are. I, I, they really are. Um there is okay. murmurings of criticism from the left as well. Washington Post, Obama's people, that kind of thing. But no, it's I can see the energy of the moment is now moving on to uh, Mar-a-Lago and that phony raid. Where where yeah, is yeah, Mitch McConnell? They're, they're, try, they're, they're trying to. It's the left trying to take control of the narrative and pulling everything away from the reality of high inflation, you know, uh, high crime. 
um, uh, the, the race stuff that's happening in schools. I mean, it's, I, you know, I got a granddaughter, my first granddaughter, and I'm scared to death. I mean, God, if they win in November, it, it's going to be Armageddon. It's going to be crazy. You're not wrong. And, you know, I think about Mitch McConnell, you mentioned, and Kevin McCarthy. You ever see him when they're on the talk shows and they try to talk about the quote-unquote issues? You can just tell these are transactional guys. They don't care. They're in the game of politics. They, they get lots of stuff out of the game of politics that we don't know about, all right? I think for Kevin McCarthy, he just loves being in an SUV. He just loves driving around. They say he wants to be speaker. I think he's pretty damn happy being the minority leader. He'll be fine. It is crazy. Where the hell are these guys? This is a red alert. This is a red alert. Eh, eh, eh. Joe, I hope you write a letter or something like that. I mean, that seems inadequate. Hey, let me ask you this. Are you writing checks to anybody? Are you writing checks? you got to get your checkbook out, write letters, and you also got to start giving money to some of these uh, candidates. $20, $50, $5. I think I had it here. Small donors are actually more important than the big donors. Where did I put that? Hold on a second. I got this thing. Um, It's just true. In in politics, you want the small donors. They're more important than the big. Listen to this. Do me a favor. Cut 29. Cut 29. Our campaign depends on small donations for the majority of our support. We can't do this without you. I mean, small donors matter. And I think that's pretty important um, because it shows that there are people out there who are listening to you and your entreaties. When you see an influx of small donations, 20s and 30s and 50s and even hundreds or whatever. Someone saying I care. That should worry because that is a vote. And you get a whole bunch of those versus one $3,500 or $5,400 donor or whatever. That should worry you because that is a movement. Small donors are a movement and momentum. So uh, I know Hillary was in that mix, but they're not wrong. Those are mostly Democrats, but they're right. Small donors, that's a movement. That's a big deal. So, um, Joe, you can't just write letters. You can't just sound off. Uh, neither can I. we got to start supporting these candidates with our, you know, with our Venmo or our uh, credit cards. All right? Absolutely. Makes sense. Let's, uh, let's pray for uh... – uh, sweep in November. We really need God's intervention here. Well, that's true, too. You know, it's all in God's hands, and he's got it all worked out. I hope it's worked out in our favor, but uh, we got to do our part. We must do our part. I'll be right back. Thanks, Joe. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <sighs> oh, um, Joe, you're right. Everyone's right. I'm worried myself. I'm worried myself. And this guy just walks out of the room with a chip on his shoulder. Joe Biden, after all that stuff, this crazy package, crazy, beyond scope, nothing. We haven't seen anything like this, what, since uh, the New Deal? Huh? In 80 years, we haven't seen anything like this? And no questions, no questions. One basic, one kind of gets through. And he turns. He gets all nasty about it. Cut 26. Mr. President, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, do not own multi-billion dollar businesses and see what these guys give them all attached to? Is that fair? What do you think? 
What about people who paid their loans, though, struggled? And then he walks out. I, I couldn't say, what did he say? Is it fair to people who don't own billion-dollar businesses who get all the tax break? What? Um, and he has this weird, nasty look into his eyes, and he's showing his teeth. <sighs> um, bad news, folks. Bad news. Oh, and then it's right back to our previously scheduled programming, Cut 27. Now, this is all in addition to what we already knew about from the search earlier this month, the 11 boxes of classified material. Over those classified materials, this letter sent by the head of the archives to Trump in May. <gasps> oh, my God, a letter and the boxes and the, oh, it's all stunning and classified material. I looked it up, by the way. You know, these, uh, oh, wait, stop everything. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, no. Hey, wait, which Jamal is this? Jamal. Is this Jamal from the Bronx or Jamal from somewhere else? This is Jamal from Jamaica. What's up, Greg? How you doing, my oh, brother? All right, man. How are you? I thought you might be somebody else, uh, but this is a new Jamal. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good, my friend. Blessings to you and your family. I just want to know one thing. Why are you always talking about hockey, man? Why always hockey? The only thing about hockey is a bunch of white folks and they're slapping around a black puck. <laughs> well, uh, Jamal, I think you uh, probably have used this line on other talk shows. I personally know nothing about hockey. I'm not a hockey person. Uh, the only I used to go to hockey games when I was a kid, a couple, the Islander games, and uh, it's not my thing. Uh, the puck, to me, is too small. I can't keep track of it. And um, I haven't been to a hockey game, I think, since 2017, so it's not my thing. But uh, that's kind of a funny, semi-funny observation. Jamal, what else you got? Well, Greg, why are you ragging on Biden, man? He's paying me off, man. I got my tuition paid for for my college, my 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 my, my graduate school. It's all right, man. It's ten thousand dollars. A lot of money in my pocket. Jamal, why do you Jam- take the money out? Jamal, are you for real? All right, calm down. Be, be real. All right, this is who is this? Is this Johnny Brennan? What's your real name? What's going on here? So where'd you go to college? And uh, tell me about the la- the loan uh, forgiveness. Uh, what? T- tell me how much how much you took out, and how much you paid. Ten thousand dollars for my for my studies, you know. And I'm getting paid back. What where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to school? Where Where were your studies? What do you mean? What do you mean? I, I went to school with you, bro. All right, Jamal, you're screwing me. You're screwing around. You're screwing around. Where's that Jamal in the Bronx? He. Uh, you know, he hated me, but he was authentic about it. I think you're trying to be nice, you're trying to be all buddy buddy, but these are these are preconceived uh lines you're running by me. Anyway, Jamal, say one authentic thing, please. Greg, this is all love, man. You're you're a peaceful man. I'm a peaceful man. There's no there's no hate here. Why, why not why, hate, why, not why, hate. Why, all right, all right. But you where'd you go? Uh, all right, all right. So you really are down with all this Biden stuff? I know you are. You just told me you are. I can't believe it. Dude, you want to pay my debts? Jamal, all right? Do you want do you know what they are? I could tell you about them. I owe some money on some stupid things. That's my problem, not yours. All right? I can't see petitioning the federal government to pay off some dopey car I bought. All right? I I just I wouldn't burden you with these things. And not all school programs, not all educational programs are righteous. Not everybody should go to these schools. And I want to know more about all that uh, crazy stuff that Hunter did at MBNA. That guy had a point. Jamal, I would not do that to you. And I don't want to pay your student loans. I'm sorry. I'll pay for your defense. 
I'll pay for your national defense. I'll pay for your roads. Uh, you'll pay for mine. You know, we're in this together. But, you know, that was your choice to go to school and take out a loan, not mine. Hey, Greg, have you ever been on the Van Wick? The roads are horrible. Have you been on the BQE? The roads are horrible, man. Yeah, I know. They stink. I know. I know. But um, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you got a point there, uh, especially the uh, BQE. My God. What is it about this country? You know what? We're newer than Europe. I go to Europe every now. Well, I haven't been in a long time. But last time I was in Germany, everything's beautiful. It's pristine. And that country is like, what, a thousand years old? We're a new country in comparison. Why is our why is our stuff all screwed up? All right, there's the music. Jamal, thank you. And I'll be right back. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. A couple of interesting items here. And um, there is something to this whole Joe Biden MBNA thing. Just the fact that his son, Hunter, had a huge job there when he was the United States senator from Delaware. MBNA and Delaware are synonymous right there. You know, Delaware, DuPont, Delaware, MBNA, major credit card company headquartered right there. And back when the news wasn't so fake, you got to go way back, <laughs> 14 years. Listen to this. Um, CBS News, a son of Democrat vice presidential, excuse me, Joe Biden, candidate Joe Biden was paid an undisclosed amount of money as a consultant by MBNA, the largest employer in Delaware, during the years the senator supported legislation that was promoted by the credit card industry and opposed by consumer groups. Barack Obama's presidential campaign said Biden helped forge a bipartisan compromise on the measure, which is now law and makes it harder for consumers to obtain bankruptcy protection in the courts. MBNA's consulting business uh, consulting payments to Hunter Biden, first reported by the New York Times, followed his departure in 2001 from the company where he had been an executive. Um, Obama opposed the bankruptcy law enacted in 2005, while Obama supported it. David Wade, a spokesperson for the Obama campaign, said that after working in the Clinton administration in the Department of Commerce on Internet and privacy issues, Hunter consulted for five years as an expert on these very same issues at a time of enormous expansion in online banking. At the time, Hunter Biden was receiving consulting payments from MBNA. He also was a Washington lobbyist at a law firm he had co-founded. Hey, at the time, he was also doing crack and blowing it all over the world on prostitutes. You think they uh, hired Hunter because of his uh, legislative and lobby uh, prowess or because uh, he knew somebody? Uh, he was not a lobbyist for MBNA, and his work had absolutely 
Nothing to do with the bankruptcy bill. Zero. Nothing, said the spokesperson. Resurrecting Biden's role in the bankruptcy legislation could undercut one of Obama, the Obama campaign's lines of attack that his opponent, John McCain. Let's get to the part about the bankruptcy protection. Uh, when the Senate Judiciary Committee approved the bill in early 2005, Biden, Dianne Feinstein and Herb Cole of Wisconsin were the only Democrats to vote with the Republican majority. Biden also voted for the bill on final passage in the Senate while Obama opposed it. MBNA employees have poured more than $200,000 into Biden's Senate campaign. It's all pay to play. The system stinks. In a separate matter in which Hunter Biden's lobbying activities were referenced, he and Biden's brother Jim have been sued for allegedly defrauding an ex-business partner. Oh, okay, that's nice. Uh, And a little bit deeper here. Hey, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going around saying she was swatted. Like everybody knows what the hell that means. Do you know what swatted means? I guess it's when they call the cops and say that, oh, oh, there's a uh, raving lunatic mass shooter in Marjorie Taylor Greene's house, and the SWAT team shows up. It's a bogus thing. It's against the law. All right. How Biden helped strip bankruptcy protection from millions just before a recession. Thanks a lot, Joe. (laughs) Um. Let's see here. During the most recent Democrat presidential debate, Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren had an awkward, tense exchange over the creation of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. The friction between the two of them goes back quite a ways, long before Biden was vice president and Warren became a senator in Massachusetts. The two first butted heads over Biden's support of bankruptcy reform in the late 90s and early 2000s, back when he represented Delaware in the Senate. The key detail is the difference between the two kinds of bankruptcy a person can declare. Chapter 7 and Chapter 13. Chapter 7 is known as liquidation bankruptcy and is meant for people with limited income. It also allows them to sell off what assets they can to pay creditors and then discharge most of the rest of their debts relatively quickly. In contrast, Chapter 13, reorganizing bankruptcy, puts the debtor on a payment plan so a portion of their future income is guaranteed to go to to paying back their creditors. If you're a creditor, this is the option you would rather someone take when they owe you money since you're going to get more out of them over the long run. The 2005 Bankruptcy Abuse Protection and Consumer Protection Act was meant on paper to prevent people from abusing Chapter 7 bankruptcy. It accomplished that through means testing, making it harder for people to declare Chapter 7 bankruptcy versus Chapter 13. If a person's income exceeds a certain threshold, they're ineligible for declaring Chapter 7. The bill also required people to complete a credit counseling course no more than 180 days before they declare bankruptcy. It also limits the kinds of debt a person can discharge through bankruptcy. If they use a credit card to spend too much money on luxury goods or withdraw too much in cash cash advances, that credit line can't be erased. And gallingly, the bill made it completely impossible to discharge student loan debt. It may very well be the single piece of legislation most responsible for putting the U.S. in the current student debt crisis. Biden was one of the bill's major Democrat champions, and he fought for its passage from his position on the Senate Judiciary Committee. He had pushed for two earlier bankruptcy reform bills in 2000 and 2001, both of which failed. How about this? How about this rotten guy? Huh. Now that's something.
Now that is something. What do we expect from the guy who hauls his son to China? Hey, I'm the vice president. Meet my boy Hunter. <laughs> Open for business. I don't like this at all. I need to know a bit more information. Chapter 7, Chapter 13. All right, MBNA did not like Chapter 7. They like Chapter 13 because they get more money. And you can't take care of student loan debt. <laughs> student loan debt is driving people, sometimes it does, bankrupt. That's a, that's a real financial burden. I'm not saying we should give away $10,000 in free money, mind you. I don't like this at all. Leah standing by in Newark. What do you think? Uh, thanks so much. A friend of mine, her daughter is uh, go, studying for a master's degree in uh, in uh, at Connecticut, and uh, when she graduated, uh, you know, with her doctor, with her bachelor's, uh, my friend was telling me that her daughter's up to her eyeballs in debt. Now this is the same girl that, when the colleges started closed because of the COVID was with her friends in Mexico, and she didn't want to come home because they were having such a good time. <laughs> and my friend had to call her in Mexico and tell her that if she doesn't get her butt home, she's going to stop her allowance and her living expenses. I like your friend's style. And I forgot, you know who we can blame for this in part? The Kardashians. The Kardashians, because yeah. they have no talent. I'm, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. they have no... They've got nothing going for them, yet they're billionaires because they're just a bunch of excuse. They're 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 silly girls with phones, yeah. And they have corrupted an entire planet of young people who think they can be just like them. And your your grand Mm -hmm. or whoever that is off on her own down there in uh, Cancun with their camera trying to look like somebody she's not. This is bad stuff. Bad stuff indeed. but, But Greg, the point is. That here she is, up to her eyeballs in debt, and she's in Mexico, and she doesn't want to come home. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. I mean, pretending somebody she's not. She's got responsibilities, real responsibilities. Screw that. I'd rather be here on the beach taking pictures, putting them on Instagram, feeling feeling, uh, pseudo-famous for 10 seconds, and not taking care of business. I mean, it's... And now we're going to kind of say, yeah, your, uh, your irresponsibility, it was all worth it. No problem. How much money does she owe? Well, she's up to her eyeballs in debt. I know, but what does that mean, eyeballs? Well, she's she owes a lot, you know, where she... uh, We don't know exactly. It's okay. We don't know exactly, yeah. Yeah, what? I have have another thing. Uh, You mentioned uh, Obama's daughters. Mm. Now, correctly, Obama's oldest daughter was accepted at Stanford. Uh, I don't know, Malia. Her name is Malia, the yeah, oldest daughter, yeah. and she right. went to. She went minute, to. Wait a minute, wait no, you wait a minute, Leah. Leah, hold on a second. I just want to. She didn't go to Stanford. She went to uh, Harvard. I mean, I don't know Harvard undergrad. Are you talking about some other program? Chelsea went to Stanford, uh, but anyway. Uh, so what next? What? And you never heard from her after that. What do you mean you never heard from her? I saw her last week. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh, she what's was, she doing now? She was walking with some guy that she seems to like. It looks like they were. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, she's got like big, long dreadlocks right now, so she's out there. I mean, why? What did you think happened to her? I actually didn't know. 
stoic. I know people don't. I know nobody stoic. came and knocked on your door to tell you these things, but stoic. you know you can find this stuff out. The year off the Africa thing. Well, you'd be surprised how fast time goes, you know. So she's all, you know. I wanted to say she's all grown up. She's not. I mean, she's, you know, done with school and she's like kind of palling around. I think she works for not Spotify, but a company like Spotify in marketing or something like that. Anyway, okay. Leah, thank you very much. I have much. a question for oh. you. I have a question for you. Uh, we're wondering, uh, I heard that Lilith, you know Lilith? Uh, was Adam's first wife before Eve. Oh. Uh, Did you ever hear that? Uh, Adam's first wife before Eve. Yeah. What? I mean, she's she's not mentioned in the Bible. Yeah, I never heard of her. I've heard. Uh, so, uh, how do you know about her? She, what, what? Well, I know about Lilith, but I did not know that she was Adam's first wife. Well, who and told I was you that? Wondering if you heard anything about what? Who told you about that? A biblical scholar that I know. Yeah, it's not in the Bible. I don't know about that. I never heard about it. Although I did hear about something called the Lilith Fair, L-I-L-I-T-H, the Lilith Fair, which is basically a lesbian music festival. Uh, Leah, thanks for calling. Uh, Leonardo is in Essex County. Thank you. Leonardo's in Essex County. Leonardo, hi. Hey, how you doing, Greg? About uh, Joe Biden's fake quotes there, his, uh, you know, uh, my dad said Joey quotes. uh, He's such a liar, but... uh, I wanted to say, if his father owned an airport, why couldn't he afford to send him to college? And also, <laughs> his father must have been Confucius because he was so wise. Yeah, so wise. I mean, like, yeah, Confucius or Ralph Cramden. I mean, so, well, actually, that's an insult to Ralph Cramden. Um, some of the stuff wasn't even deep. My dad always said, everybody deserves dignity. I mean, did anybody say not? I don't know. It just a lot of the stuff was really kind of hokey, and it wasn't really slogans. And anyway, the guy's a liar. What do you want? What do you want, Leonardo? I mean, that's uh, the people call you Leo. Do they really call you Leonardo? Uh, that's kind of a. That's a very. There's a lot of a. Hmm, that's that's quite a grand name. What's up? Yeah, it's very Italian. My grandmother used to say Leonardo. So, in any in any event, I wanted to defend Jamal because. He wouldn't tell you, but he was so humble. He's obviously a graduate of the Eric Adams University of Elocution. Oh, I wanted to tell you, actually. As soon as I got off, they came to me and said, I'm a very wise man. I could tell right away he was a phony. Uh, That hockey story was so contrived, and you know he's told it a million times. First of all, he's not even black. He's white, and that's his whole routine. He used to call WFAN. Apparently, I heard he fooled Sid Rosenberg several times. I don't know about the one. Well, Just kidding, Sid. Uh, but I hear he did call uh, a lot of radio shows. Hey, I got to go. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I try the New York Times from time to time. This newspaper does not speak to me, nor is it trying. You know, they, they, they just changed their model. A lot of folks did. It used to be about uh, getting as many people to read your newspaper uh, so you could say to advertisers, 800,000 people, 900,000 people, read us, uh, get your products on our on our pages. They don't really care about advertisers anymore. It's all about paid subscribers. I know some of their business is advertising, but it's mostly paid subscribers. 
And if you're signing up for the New York Times, there are certain things you want to hear about and certain things you don't want to hear about. And uh, you want to hear your news uh, fake and liberal. <laughs> and uh, what are your other suppositions? Trump is a monster, right? You got to and you got to keep pushing that stuff. And the other thing is the reporters over there and the editors, they're all desperately afraid of the Twitter mob, the Twitter mob. They hate it. They just and if they're criticized, they, they wind up in a fetal position. And uh, it's just. It's really, really bad. They're very, very sensitive. Me, I don't have that problem. I actually, let me just see here what the hell they're saying about me right now. It just gives you an example. This used to stuff, in 2017, this stuff bothered me. Now, it's funny. Let's see if I can find something good. I uh, just, uh, search, uh, most, actually, it's very good. Let me just find something bad. Uh, Greg Kelly, is this stunning? No, it's a man must listen to Greg Kelly. Video, watch Greg Kelly. Uh, oh, no, that's positive. I'm trying to find something negative. Uh, usually it's all over the place. Uh, stay strong, Mr. Kelly. Love Mr. Kelly. Shoot. Uh, Greg Kelly, the Biden. Oh, wait, is this it? No. Damn it. Uh, things have changed. Greg Kelly deleted that girl president from Finland is hot. I did, actually. Oh, well. Ah, Greg Kelly, empty suit. Nobody emptier than Greg Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> Let's see here. Don't know if this is directed at Greg Kelly or not, but this one is definitely an L for him. A loss. They didn't like that I said that the prime minister of Finland, the girl president, is hot. Uh, I was happy to see the New Hampshire debate did not preempt Greg Kelly. Uh, good video of Biden on Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly just played this. Oh, I'm getting a real creepy Greg Kelly vibe. That's not nice. Um, uh, does this mean I'm going to miss the Greg Kelly show? All right, shoot. What happened to all the haters? They used to be all over the place. I haven't. Uh, uh, come on, there's got to be one. Then I'll put this down. This is getting a. Uh, that's. Uh, I'm watching your Tuesday show on demand right now. Nope, that's a good one as well. Uh. What can I say? I don't have any. What what happened to all my enemies? Shoot. Where's that one guy who really hates me? Uh, great. No, 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 no. I am a hit on social media. Who knew? Watch Greg Kelly. Newsmax is awesome. Thank you, Greg Kelly, for all your great reporting on the truth. I can't overstate. Here we go. I can't overstate the absurdity of Greg Kelly. <laughs> uh, Greg Kelly. I uh, can't read that one. It's vulgar, but it's good. It's. I mean, it's good that it's bad. Uh, anyway, it used to bother me if somebody said Greg Kelly was absurd. Now it's uh, actually. It's like it's not even like rain. It's like nothing. It's it's the price of doing business if you do anything. The only way to avoid criticism is by doing absolutely nothing. Uh, Joe Biden's father didn't say that. Uh, Aristotle or Socrates said that. The only way to avoid criticism is to do nothing, say nothing, and most of all, be nothing. All right? Remember that. Remember. Uh, All right. Uh, They're still talking about they're still talking about that silly raid. Remember this. Remember this. 
Joe Biden is bribing people, bribing people. I don't think it's going to work. Oh, I do love Tom Cotton very much. Senator Tom Cotton. Listen to this guy. Cut 10. The president doesn't have the power just to unilaterally on his own eliminate entire categories of debt. Maybe he has the power to negotiate a settlement in one case that's disputed, but eliminate entire categories of debt. Uh, no, he doesn't have that power. Uh, all right. Doesn't have that power. Now what? These guys don't really care. They don't check on the rules very much, do they? Ed in the Bronx. Hi. Hey, Greg, how are you? Listen, um, I hope that you run for mayor. If you, you know, you're, you were a colonel in the Marine Corps. You're enforcing the no-fly zone in, in Iraq. You could enforce the laws in New York City probably blindfolded, and I really mean that. Your dad did a great job as police commissioner, and I know you're going to draw from all his experiences. But I want to tell you one thing where you're going to run into a problem. I was a voter in the Bronx. I live in the Bronx. I'm a registered Republican, and I went to vote for a Republican uh, in the June primaries. And when I went there, I, I showed my fast pass. It said I was a Republican, and they handed me a ballot which had Kathy Hochul's name on it and three other Democrats. So I explained to them I was a Republican, and I wanted a Republican ballot, and they didn't have a Republican ballot. So what I had to do was I had to actually call the New York Post. I have a couple of friends over there. I called them. They came up, and they confirmed what I said, you know, that there were no Republican ballots at the polling site. And, you know, I went there at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I didn't, they didn't get Republican ballots over there until after 12 noon. So I think Donald Trump has a, a real issue when he says the election was stolen because, I'll tell you, I was disenfranchised, and I never felt so violated, you know, in my life. Uh, here I am, a citizen, a Republican. I'm a retired law enforcement officer. I go to vote, and I can't vote for the candidate of my choice who happened to be Rob Astorino, who I thought had the most executive experience of any of the candidates that were running in that race. But anyway, having said that, I hope you run for mayor, Marine Corps pilot. You can do it. You can do you could you could you could you could run circles around Eric Adams. Believe me. Well, thank you, sir. And you know what? Remember that feeling when you were disenfranchised. Remember that. I know. I kind of know what you're talking about. That has not happened to me. But one time I posted something on social media. It was critical of uh, Bill de Blasio. No big deal. Constitutionally protected free speech. And some liberal magazine working with Instagram deleted the account saying that I violated their terms of service. Talk about violated. And like you, I've done some stuff. I put my ass on the line. If I want to shoot my mouth off about Bill de Blasio, who cares? Let me do it. They messed with the wrong Marine. I will never, ever forget it. In fact, I'm almost happy it happened because I am so, so protective now. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, remember a couple of minutes ago I tried to find some nasty comments about me on Twitter and I kind of came up dry? you got to give Twitter a little bit of assistance. So I put in Greg Kelly. What's a pejorative word? What do the kids like to say these days? Douche, D-O-U-C-H-E. Not my preferred um, uh, slander or uh, insult, uh, but uh, 
The kids love it. And, yes, that helped. That made all the difference. Greg Kelly is a feckless douche. Greg Kelly, LOL. What a douche. Uh, I have an announcement, too. Greg Kelly is a human cis male right-wing douchebag and is incapable of pulling his head out of his rear end. Uh, let's see here. Last night on Newsmax, I think it was Greg Kelly calling someone a douche. I never did that. Greg Kelly is a douchebag. Why were they afraid? Why were they upset? They were afraid. Uh, I said something about Kathy Barnett. Don't mind the haters. Greg Kelly is a miserable douche who needs to get a life. Greg Kelly, when he sees how sexy little Naz is, uh, is a douche. That doesn't quite make sense. I want to be like Greg Kelly, but his oh boy, that's 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 vulgar. Yeah, yeah, a lot a lot of that. And I lie. it doesn't make any difference in the world. It makes no difference in the world. Um, if you're not doing something, they're not going to call you something. It's fine. It's okay. It's the price of doing business. I don't care. I actually kind of weirdly uh, enjoy it. Uh, partly because there's plenty of nice things out there too, but it doesn't really matter. It's fine. You're allowed to say stuff. And, but why do I raise this? People at the New York Times, people at the Washington Post, uh, people even at the Wall Street Journal, if you say nasty things about them, they go running and it has an impact on their behavior, on their reporting, what they're prepared to say, not to say. It changes the game. Very much so. Uh, the Twitter mob, they say it should be on the masthead, you know, right up there with the publisher, the editor-in-chief, Twitter, uh, because they have such editorial control with the mainstream media. And who? what is the Twitter mob? I don't know what they look like. Quite frankly, they're all kinds of people. They're all kinds. They're rich. They're poor. They're smart. They're stupid. Everybody. It's a cross-section. Although most people don't live their lives on, uh, on the Internet. It's... Uh, Ah, all right. Hey, Andrew, did you see? I had Gays Against Groomers on the show last night. Did you see it, Andrew? I saw it, and I want to give you credit for not being fake news. But a shout out quick to Jamal. I have my own hockey joke that I wrote. All right. Uh, I don't want to hear it. I didn't like Jamal. I don't like being uh, screwed around with like that. I just don't like, you know, I knew he was up to something. I knew it wasn't legit. He can call into other radio shows. I don't care for that stuff. So do me a favor. <clears throat> no more hockey jokes. What do you want to say you about know, Gays Against Groomers? It's true. That was a great. It's a great organization. I said like past tense because they're being blocked. And I give you credit, Newsmax, for not being fake news. I was working with the Fox Fifty Six in Wilkesbury and at the university this spring. They had the Trans Day when they raised the flag. And I asked the news manager, the news director, can I ask, where does it say don't say gay, you know, in the Florida bill? And she said, no, you can't ask that. It's trans day. So I didn't ask it. But then the student that was in charge, she said, none of us are, you know, groomers and we're all, we're just people. And the bill in Florida is written in a sneaky way. So she's bringing it out that it's a don't, but I'm directed not to ask. Then I was intimidated when I did like a interview with the college uh, president because he said from the podium how he supports transgenders and girls sports. And I was going to say, well, what about the females that are not transphobic, but they think it's a but I didn't ask him, which I regret. But that was because of the fake news. Fox, they beat me down. You know, they they were on my case not to ask those. Hey, listen to this, Andrew. Here's a molecular scientist. Uh, she's female saying some stuff, some basic science about men and women 
and what it feels like to be a woman when there's a transgender, whatever you want to call it, in the changing room with you, how that feels for a biological woman. And what happens in women's prisons when you stick men pretending to be women in the jail? Cut 36. Being male or being female is a developmental process. You can't go backwards. So you can't change your sex. Currently in California prisons and prisons in other parts of the country, women are getting impregnated by other women. And there's just no way. That, I mean, this is against the U.N. Women have internalized misogyny to the point where the man's comfort is takes precedence over the woman's safety. There's a reason why they don't want to be in men's prisons, because men beat each other to death. Women don't do that. Uh, great point. And you know what? She's all nervous because she's going out on a limb. And the host is like, yeah, yeah, uh, uh-huh, sure about that, making little comments here and there. Wise ass. <clears throat> anyway, Andrew, we're on the same page. Thanks for calling again. Oh, I want to remind you guys that Marco Rubio is running in Florida against Val Demings. Marco Rubio is A-OK in my book. And uh, I know little Marco, you know, he was uh, whatever. But he's he's back. He's good. And he's an expert. Listen to this. Cut 30. A no-fly zone has become a catchphrase. I'm not sure a lot of people fully understand what that means. That means flying AWACS 24 hours a day. That means the willingness to shoot down and engage Russian airplanes in the sky. That means, frankly, you can't put those planes up there unless you're willing to knock out the anti-aircraft uh, systems that the Russians have deployed, and not just in Ukraine, but in Russia and also in, in, in Belarus. He knows his stuff big time. I like that guy a lot, and uh, he was talking about the no-fly zone in Ukraine. Meanwhile, we know the Democrat is going to be running against him. The nominee is Val Demings, Congresswoman Val Demings. Does she have a chance? Uh, anything can happen in politics, and she's crazy enough. Cut 31. They deserve better, and the American people deserve I have the floor, Mr. Jordan. Lady has what? Did I strike gentle, a nerve? The gentle, Law enforcement the gentle, officers the gentle deserve lady. better than to be utilized as pawns. And you and your colleagues are ashamed of yourself. The gentle lady will suspend, and the clock will be stopped. That's Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler, the gentle lady will suspend. He was totally freaked out. Jerry Nadler, who's going to be around for at least another two years, huh? And the guy who's running for governor against Ron DeSantis is Charlie Crist. I mean, this guy's totally deranged. I mean, he's lost it. He was a Republican. He used to be the governor. Then he became uh, attorney general. Then he became a congressman. He worked his way down. Now he's working his way back up as a Democrat. Is this the kind of thing you say when you want? I mean, this this to me is, I don't want to say dangerous, but well, maybe he's just playing crazy. This is Charlie Crist. Again, he's running against Ron DeSantis. Cut 32. Those who support the governor should stay with him and vote for him. And I don't want your vote. If you have that hate in your heart, keep it there. Wow. Go to hell, Charlie Crist. Huh? Uh, hate. Hate. You're going to accuse half the state of having hate in their heart for voting for Ron DeSantis, okay? We can disagree about what's in the Don't Say Gay Bill, what's not in the Don't Say Gay Bill, what it really means, all that stuff. There are good people who support that law, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Charlie Crist. In my book, you just lost the election. I mean, let's face it, this guy was uh, 
DeSantis is going to win this thing, right? I mean, no, no, no problem. Is Charlie Crist on a suicide mission? Is he running for something else? You know, they always said something about Charlie Crist. I wonder. I wonder if he's buckling under the pressure or something like that, because I've heard for a long time that Charlie Crist is not being his true self. So, uh, wow, what a horrible thing to say. He may be battling with some internal issues. Not exactly sure about what. Uh, All right. You know, I played this last night thinking the Democrats were totally wrong. Maybe they're not so wrong. Cut 33. Some hints of Democratic optimism. Democrats are doing better than you might expect heading into a midterm election. Well, it was a big night for Democrats in New York and in Florida. That's right. The party racked up several key wins in the final set of primaries before the November midterm elections. You know, I was convinced that was spin, but looking at it now more, damn, 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 damn. Could they have done it already? Could this country have been so altered and warped that Democrats could could win? I mean... We have no we have no real opposition other than Trump, and they are doing everything they can to cancel him, to lock him up. And even good people are like, well, I don't know. I mean, he's got those classified documents. Why do they take those classified? Just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. They're lying about him. This is Russiagate all over again. All right. The same type of things they were saying during Russiagate. Huh? All right. So where am I physically? Oh, man. I never should have eaten that cereal. I never should have eaten that cereal. What am I going to do? I just have to have certain rules, all right? Going forward, just like the naked cowboy, he called in the other day. What does he eat? Chicken and vegetables. Chicken and vegetables. Nothing else, all right? That is my pledge to you. Nothing else ever starting tomorrow. Chicken and vegetables and water and coffee. Definitely nothing else, okay? I feel all I want to do is lay on my stomach right now. I had fruity pebbles and frosted flakes. Have you ever had fruity pebbles? Peter, have you ever had fruity pebbles? Um, you know, inspired by the Flintstones. Do you know that cereal? Yes. Have you ever had it? Yes, I, I prefer Fruit Loops. All right, what's up? Uh, Greg, you said that you uh, didn't apply yourself in college as much as you would have liked. Yes. However, you did achieve the uh, very lofty position of a fighter pilot, and that's merit-based. So you had to have applied yourself. So I think you're a little bit modest. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And no one waved a little thing over your head and said, poof, magic, you are now a fighter pilot. So it took a lot of conscientious study and preparation and you would not have made that had you not been conscientious so that's true uh, that's true sir i did i worked like crazy i was uh i was so committed and i was also terrified of like failing out i did not want to fail out i wanted to succeed i mean fear of failure was real because people were getting kicked out and failing out all the time uh so yeah i was nothing like i was in college where i was very lackadaisical and drifty uh, showed up for the Marine Corps, part of its peer pressure, part of it, you know, they got all these techniques to make you work your hardest, and I did. I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. Peter, thank you for that. That's kind of you. Very good. Thank you, Greg. All Bye. right. Take it easy, buddy. Uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. And then what happened? I know we got that guy in Bayside who flies helicopters 
So I was learning how to fly a great big propeller plane, and based on that, they give you a choice. You can fly jets, bigger propeller planes, or helicopters. And I desperately wanted to fly jets. I really wanted jets, especially because I was dating a uh, girl in the Navy who was flying uh, the same kind of plane I was. And uh, if she got jets and I got helicopters, I, I, that would not have worked, all right? Uh, the jets fly higher and faster, and I could not have her flying higher and faster than me. So I had to get it basically for, um, well, you know, for uh, – how do I put this? You know, uh, for physical reasons. Uh, Christine in Middletown, Connecticut. Hi, Christine. Greg, good afternoon. Um, I have to say your segment last night with the trans issues was very fair. You were on my mind when I was going through all that. I wanted to make sure. I'm serious. I'm serious because, anyway, thank you, Christine. I, I'll say um about the trans woman in jail, a, a fixture to them impregnating the other women, give them an orchiectomy. That'll take care of that problem right on the spot at the doctor's office that day. What is it? What kind of ectomy? Orchiectomy, or as I say, orchiectomy, that's simply removing the testicles. That's an outpatient surgery a urologist could do. Trust me, um, I, you could also say go on testosterone blockers, but that's slow, and maybe an inmate won't take that medicine like I do. But orchiectomy, removing the testicles, they'll never, ever have to worry about uh, impregnating. Uh, they don't uh, have uh, sex again. Uh, uh, all right. Okay. Wait, hold on a second, Christine. Hey, uh, just so you know, uh, so people know what I was talking about last night, AOC said the following, following a uh, some mass shooting, and the shooter was a young, white, cisgender male, all right, which is like the worst thing you can be these days, according to AOC. Listen to this, cut 37. We have the radicalization of young men. This is an issue. Um, young women are not doing this. Young non-binary people are not doing this. Trans people are not doing this. This is an issue that we have. That like white men have. And I just pointed out every group has people in it. White men, cisgender, Asian people, who uh, uh, transgender, this, that, and the other thing. You come up with it, and I came up with a list of all these transgender individuals who have done bad things. I could come up with a list of any group in the – any group, you name it. We can find people who belong to that group who have done terrible things. So you understood my point, I hope, totally, Christine, right? I've told you before, too, that things were quieter for us when Trump was in office. As soon as Biden, you played the cuts from Biden. And this is when all this um, anti-trans sentiment is caused by him. It emboldens the activists on the left because they don't shut their mouth or in everyone else's faces. I mean, they make matters worse for me. So interesting. You know, the, the one thing that Trump came out with that was controversial but when you think about it it's not controversial he just said his anti-lgbtq move that they portrayed as such was only that the pentagon the department of defense would stop offering transgender or i'm sorry uh gender reassignment surgery you couldn't get that anymore in the military that was what was so barbaric and obviously, it's not barbaric. It's practical. There have to be priorities, and uh, that's what sent him back. Hey, Christine, you know I appreciate it so much. i got to take a quick break. Thank you. 
Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Go back there, man. Get over there, will ya? He wants to kill me so bad he can taste it. I'm gonna always gonna kill you. Attica! Attica! Will ya? Attica! 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 Al Pacino in Dog Day Afternoon. Fifty years ago this week, that bank in Brooklyn was uh, robbed by John Vodovich and his buddy Sonny. And uh, it became a movie. And a lot of people don't remember that uh, the robbery was carried out so he could get enough money for his girlfriend to get a sex reassignment, uh, a sex change operation. Hey, Project Veritas. You know Project Veritas? They're kind of crazy, but they're also pretty good. And I can't believe this. They're still hassling them over Ashley Biden's daughter. And there's some news here. Two Florida residents plead guilty to giving Ashley Biden's diary to Project Veritas. I don't think the thing was stolen, was it? Listen to this from The Independent. Two Florida residents have pleaded guilty to charges that they conspired to transport stolen property belonging to President Joe Biden's daughter across state lines and sell it to the media organization Project Veritas. According to criminal information filed in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York, Amy Harris stole Ashley Biden's diary from a Delray Beach, Florida house where she temporarily left behind some of her belongings before traveling to New York City with co-defendant Justin Curlander to meet with Project Veritas representatives. During that meeting, Harris described the circumstance. Give me a freaking break. Ashley Biden lost her diary. This woman found it and gave it to the media. Inside that diary is all kinds of crazy stuff about Joe Biden, including taking showers with Joe Biden at an age where it was clearly inappropriate. And Ashley Biden apparently is still suffering from that. All right. Essentially, we know that Joe Biden was being uh, inappropriate with his own daughter in the shower. And Project Veritas is in trouble. What the hell is happening, huh? Jeez. Prosecutor said Harris and Curlander returned to Florida at the request of the media group Project Veritas, retrieved more of Miss Bryden's property, then turned that stolen property over to a Project Veritas employee with the understanding that it would be transported back to the see interstate. Oh, we'll make they'll make a federal case out of it. Going from Florida to New York. Oh gosh, a federal case out of it. Ashley Biden left her crap, left her junk behind. And it's her problem. Unbelievable. What is going on? The Justice Department said Harris and Curlander's sale of the Biden property came after a representative for the former uh, for the Trump 2020 campaign turned down the offer of Miss Biden's property, advised that they give it to the FBI. This is how things worked in the 1970s. You could sick the FBI. Do they, they would they would do personal errands for you? Why is the 1970s important? Because that's when Joe Biden became a big shot. J. Edgar Hoover was still the damned FBI director. This is how they acted back then. We've all grown. We were supposed to have grown up, huh? Larry in West Hempstead. What is it, Mister Kelly? Um, I am honored to talk to you. I'm in West Hempstead. I'm a Long Island guy, and you're a Long Island guy, and uh, I appreciate you. I want to tell you, I've been watching, uh, you know, a lot of the conservative shows for years in the 90s. And I have to tell you that I go on to uh, Laura Ingram, and 
I battle back and forth. I watch you, I watch her, but I have to tell you, the past couple of weeks, I'm staying on you because one of the things I feel about you is that you're a voice of reason. You're a new face, although you've been around a while, but you're a new face to to the uh, the news media. You have a lot of facts, and one of the things that we need to do is talk to the people. The people need to know what's going on on both sides. We're not just looking for Republicans. We're not looking for Democrats. We're looking for conservatives, people who have common sense. And I feel, as a Christian, and you're a brother, I feel that you have a divine way about you that you, in the next couple of years, can bring the unity that our president has been talking about and is not doing. And you're a big voice. Well, Larry, thank you very much. And I uh, thank you. It is from God, though. It is. And you say you're right. You're exactly right. I've been around for a while, but a fresh voice in this in this space, a new a new voice. And quite frankly, I, you know, I have changed. I have evolved and things have happened to me. And God let those things happen to me. And he knows everything. He's got it all figured out. We don't necessarily have it figured out, but we we got to work hard, obey him and trust him. And uh, the results for me have, quite frankly, been spectacular. In every aspect of my life, everything has changed. Uh, once I started listening, once I realized that I'm, I, <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, I am, uh, I'm a sinner and I'm flawed. The only hope I have, the only hope any of us have, is through God and Jesus. I really, I believe that, and I don't say it in a preachy way. I say it in a. It worked for me. I know it can work for anybody else. Larry, thank you uh, very, very much. Anything else you want to tell me? How, how are things in West Hempstead? Absolutely great. I have to tell you that um, that we're all proud of you. Thank you, buddy. Hey, I, I need to go across the street. I'll see you tonight, though. Thank you. Thank you.